0: Mike Gibson and PJ Devereaux coming to you live from ACC 2017. Uh, PJ, you just presented a fascinating study on troponin, ultra high sensitivity troponin after non-cardiac surgery and its relationship to outcomes. You know in the interventional world, uh, troponin elevations after our procedures has been met with some skepticism as a predictor or of outcomes. I tend to believe that it is related to outcomes. What did you find after non-cardiac surgery?
1: Well, maybe two points before that is that Um, It is very different than non-cardiac surgery where we're not directly intervening on the heart, Mm -hmm. so the heart should not sustain any injury or damage. Mm -hmm. Um, So what we demonstrated um, in a study that included 21,843 patients from 13 countries and 23 centers that if patients get an elevation of their high-sensored troponin T after non-cardiac surgery that this is strongly associated with the probability of death at 30 days. We explored using an iterative Cox proportional hazard model, theoretical thresholds with troponin. And what we demonstrated was, is that if your troponin is 20 to 65 after non-cardiac surgery, with a change, an absolute change of five nanograms per liter, that the risk of death increases to 3% and it has an adjusted hazard ratio of over uh, 10.
0: That's 30 day mortality.
1: 30 day mortality. If your value is 65 to 1000 nanograms per liter, your risk of death jumps to 9%, and the adjusted hazard ratio is over 70.
0: And the delta there, the required delta? You
1: don't require a delta there. Now, the reason is that almost all patients have a delta of Mm -hmm. over five at 65, but for the few that didn't, they only had one or two measurements, and often those patients died pretty quickly, so you may just missed the 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 actual getting a delta. Mm Um, and then finally, we demonstrated that in patients who get a value of a thousand or greater, their likelihood of death rises to thirty percent. The adjusted hazard ratio was over two hundred. Um, so these events were strongly associated with thirty-day mortality. We also then undertook analyses looking at whether or not all the all these elevated troponins were adjudicated by um, independent individuals who looked to see was there any evidence of a non-ischemic etiology, mm. such as sepsis mm-hmm. or pulmonary embolism, that can occur mm-hmm. in the perioperative setting. Right. Um, 11% of the events were adjudicated as having a non-ischemic etiology, so the vast majority fell into what was felt to be an ischemic etiology. We then explored whether or not, in fact, these elevated troponins with no evidence of a non-ischemic etiology required an ischemic feature, that is, ischemic symptoms, chest pain, shortness of breath, or ischemic ECG changes, or ischemic echo changes, or radionuclide imaging and we demonstrate it was even in the patients who have no evidence of ischemic hmm. symptoms or ECG changes, that their probability of death rises over three full compared to that they never had that event. Mm-hmm. And then importantly, when we do analyses where we adjust for not only the preoperative and surgical variables, but all of the postoperative complications, myocardial and drift or non-cardiac surgery, that is an elevated troponin that one on adjudication finds no evidence of a non-ischemic etiology, is the most strongest predictor of who's in fact going to die at 30 days. Um, it looks to account for potentially 24% of the deaths. Mm. The next closest is major bleeding at hmm. 14%, and then sepsis at about 10%.
0: Wow, wow. So this really accounts for a lot of, explains a lot of the variability in death, this variable. Is that it, fair to say?
1: Um, the data suggests that. Mm-hmm. Um, Importantly, in the United States alone, 5 million adults are age 45 or greater undergoing in-hospital non-cardiac surgery Mm -hmm. every year. Mm -hmm. 1.3% of those patients die. That's Mm -hmm. 65,000 patients. So once again, it is likely a substantial contributor to those deaths and may be
0: accounting for at least a quarter of those deaths. Is there anything actionable from this? I mean, are they on the Titanic? If you have that troponin rise, can we alter the course? Yeah, so other
1: research um, does demonstrate in risk-adjusted models, several studies, that the patients who get these myocardial injuries after non-cardiac surgery, if they get aspirin or statins risk-adjusted, they're more likely to be alive in 30 days. Interesting. Our research also shows, including centers from the United States and Canada and Europe, that only about a third of these patients will, in fact, get aspirin and the statin. Mm. And so one of the risks is that because um, physicians may be consulted on a patient with an elevated troponin after surgery and they don't have symptoms, we can be lulled into a false on security. Now, one of the key findings also is that 94% of the events happen in the first 48 hours after surgery when most patients are getting narcotics Mm. that can mask ischemic Mm. symptoms. Mm. So an important finding is is that It can also
0: uh, cause impaired absorption of antiplatelets and maybe yes. make you a little more aggregable in terms yes. of ischemics.
1: Yes, and also very pro-inflammatory environment, mm-hmm. highly sympathetic driving environment, which creates a MLU mm-hmm. for certainly causing myocardial injury. So uh, one of the important messages is is that physicians need to be careful that there's reasons why the patients frequently don't have symptoms and oftentimes the initial ECG is not dramatic Mm -hmm. Um, and in fact the most common ECG finding is T wave inversion a day or two after Mm -hmm. the troponin elevation because you're picking up the troponin elevation you know 12 or 24 hours after the actual ischemic event happened the first initial ECG may no longer be abnormal and then you see an evolution with inverted T waves one or two days after that.
0: Yeah, It may take some time for the blood to get in there and wash out the troponin for it to yeah. go up. Yeah. Well, you know, this is fascinating, PJ, because we often say, well, this is a false positive troponin. Right. But uh, I think this indicates that troponinitis uh, right. can actually be deadly and we have to pay more attention to it. Thanks for your great work, uh, PJ, and thanks for joining us. And thanks to all of you out there for joining us here live from ACC 2017.